Hello and welcome back to the Villa Villa podcast. It's a new year. Aston Villa have unfortunately lost 2-1 at Old Trafford to Manchester United. But Dan, that doesn't change anything. We're still here straight away after full time. First of all, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. It's actually quite ironic, I suppose, that you're wearing the kit that you've chosen to today because yeah. uh, that draws similarities from another game where refereeing decisions let us down in the high-profile game against Manchester United. Um, but uh, no, I'm good, mate. Happy New Year to you, mate. Happy New Year to everyone watching. I wish I could be coming to you through the airwaves in much better circumstances, but uh, no, it, it just wasn't meant to be today, was it, mate? It wasn't, and, you know... Teams often get the rub of the green in, in certain games, and I think that can be said for in you know certain fixtures that we've had this season. We've certainly been good value for all the, the points and wins that we've had recently. But to you know, it's not always like that. Other teams will have their rub of the green, as Manchester United always do, and uh, it, it was a, it was a frustrating one, Dan. And first of all, I think we need to before we even talk about the game. We need to talk pre-game. We need to talk team sheets and we need to talk meltdowns. Villa fans need to chill the hell out, right? We were all told Ross Barkley would be in contention for the game, but with the history that he has with his hamstrings that are made of cheese strings, it's not. it shouldn't come that much as a surprise that it's too soon as well. I don't know if people are aware, but when it's cold, as cold as it is tonight, and I couldn't give you an accurate temperature as to what it is, but I'd guess it's around three degrees, that you're at more risk to an injury. The muscle's going to be colder if he overstretches. If he, if he just if he tweaks it or whatever, it's made that much worse by the weather. So it's it's another night game. It's not really much of a surprise for me that Barkley didn't play. Uh, and there's been a lot of outrage on Mings, but I mean we'll get to that, Dan. But anyone would think we were you know we were going for the title, and uh, you know we'd, we'd suddenly you know wheeled in Philippe Senderos to start at centre back, Dan. Yeah, it was it was one of those whereby yeah, like man, I've got so much to say on the the abuse that Mings was getting. Um, like, it was one of those whereby you know, I like Courtney House. It's been well versed on this podcast how much you and I like Courtney Dan. Yeah, it's also been well versed on this podcast how how often we've been aggrieved by some of the mistakes that Tyrone Mings has made. But look, Tyrone Mings is has been, I imagine, will be for a considerable while at the very least, a superior centre-back in almost every metric over Courtney House. I feel like the problem is with, with Villa fans and stuff, well, football fans generally, is that when you watch a game and you study defenders, you look directly at their ability to stop goals, how well they perform the art of basic defending. And yes, look, Tyrone can come into question, but Dan, you, you, you know, you're in far better position to talk about me given your experience of watching the games in person this season. But the way that Mings commands that team, the composure that Tyrone Mings has, he's a much better passer, he's a much more complete footballer, he's more fleet-footed, he's got a better touch, he's a better marshal, he's a lot taller. Uh, I can go on and on and on, mate. Courtney's a very good player and he's done a fantastic job for us, but... I agree that he can feel a little aggrieved that he lost his, his place in the team, given that, yeah, fundamentally he didn't do a lot a lot wrong. But uh, Mings, I'm not actually fully convinced he made a mistake for the goal. I think, you no. know, it will go and file it under, could have done better, maybe. I don't think it's a howler. Um, but, you know, yeah, Courtney can feel a little aggrieved. But for what it's worth, because no one else will talk about it tonight because it won't fit people's agendas, I thought Tyrone was excellent in the second half. Didn't put a yeah. foot wrong. 
I thought he was magnificent. And yeah, Courtney can feel a little aggrieved, but I don't think it was too great a shock that Tyrone came back in. No, not at all. And We'll save the Mings talk for a bit later, Dan, because to be fair, within the first 15 minutes, I wasn't quite sure if I was watching the same Villa side that we have been throughout the whole season. There was times where we looked uh, lost. We were certainly second-guessing ourselves, where we were power, we were passing the ball, where the players wanted to move. John McGinn as well, notably, didn't, for me, look at all comfortable uh, with his role. He didn't necessarily know who he was giving the ball to or, or, or what. And we saw, as a result of that, Villa be dispossessed so many times. And, and Bruno Fernandes probably had as many touches in the opening 15 as he then went to have on throughout the rest of the game uh, combined. He didn't see much of the ball after that. Uh, which you know obviously would be a shame for Manchester United, but this is not a Manchester United podcast, so I'll I'll leave that to a minimum. But uh, we really, I felt Villa really grew into this game, Dan, and uh, I don't want to say against all odds because obviously, as we've seen this season, Dan, we've battered Liverpool, we've done Arsenal at home, we've matched Chelsea in our last game. I just had this deeply rooted anxiety about this game, and we can we can laugh and joke about how far Manchester United have fallen as we have done for years and years. But what was it? Three wins at Old Trafford in, in 55 games, mm. I believe I heard the stat was before the game. Uh, you know Manchester United are going to get the better of Aston Villa. It's, it's just how it works. No matter how good we are, they will always come out on top. As frustrating as it is, um, I, I guess that's made even more frustrating given the nature of the performance from Villa. As I say, I, I felt we really grew into that. And uh, it, it took players just a little bit of time. Douglas Louise needed to have a few more touches of the ball, calm himself down until uh, so, we could see the kind of the range of passing come into play. And, and, and players just feel generally a lot more confident. I think the one thing that, that potentially hindered Villa today, Dan, is accommodating a player like El Ghazi. Now, of course, he's in fine form. So he is well within his rights to be starting on that left wing. But I felt that it was very smart of Ole to start both Fred and McTominay knowing Jack would be playing through the middle. He he had two men on him throughout the whole game. And as I tweeted at halftime, Jack was much more effective when he was actually drifting out wide, not necessarily when he was trying to run uh, directly at the defenders, run through the heart of that midfield with the ball. It's just not going to happen with with two uh, enforcers in the midfield like that. And But listen, the first half, I think, I don't want to say that we, we were we were better than United, but we, we were creating a few chances. And as a trend that we're seeing a lot, Dan, it, we, we're having a lot of set-piece chances, which, again, it, it just makes it a bit infuriating that when we're having however many... I think we had 10 corners in the game that we're not managing to score from when we came close a few times. Uh, there was a world-class save from David De Gea in the second half as well. Really world-class save from uh, an Ollie Watkins header at the back post. But... It felt it was a real war of attrition, this game. Uh, both sides were really going for it. Both sides wanted the win as much as the other. I think what it ultimately came down to, Dan, to, just to boil it down, is the running, the sheer running power that Manchester United have in that side. They were so quick. They were so fit. Every single loose ball, they had a player running onto that. And at times it felt a bit laboured for Villa, I think. Uh, and, you know... The game is won. You just got to look at the bench, the play, the kind of players that they can bring on, the, the impact that they can have on the game. Again, just adds to that point of, of running power as well when you're bringing on the likes of Dan James uh, that late on in the game to kind of stretch the defence. Um, 
But I thought Villa, especially first half, Dan, they made a really good account for themselves, obviously, apart from the goal, which we will get on to uh, the first goal with, with Tyrone Mings. Yeah, look, mate. Well, you know, this is this is the first time I've come onto this podcast feeling slightly aggrieved in a long time, but the emotions are starting to settle. And look, Man United, you know, you, you made a good point that they've been the butt of jokes for a long time, but the fact of the matter is, is this United team isn't a joke anymore. Like, they, you know, they're now level on points with Liverpool at the top of the table. Um, I think, you know, I'm sort of really going to stick my head in the slammer here and say that I was mesmerised at some points by what Paul Pogba could do. Absolutely, um, he was yeah. absolutely fantastic. It seems that Ollie's finally settled on that that midfield, and and that's the way he's going to go forward. You know, Martial seven goals in his last six United games. He's come out of nowhere. This United team is is a serious act, and we went toe to toe with them. I think on a uh, you know on a, on another day we we walk out with our, of Old Trafford with at least a point. Um, I thought both goalkeepers were absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Emmy, yet again, I can't praise that man enough. His reading of the game, I just have total confidence in him. You know, there was a couple of moments in that game. One I tweeted off the account where he came off his line to head a ball clear. He must have been about 30, yeah. 35 wow. yards off his line. Uh, another one which was, you know, it was eventually given offside, but he came out and just tackled Marcus Rashford one-on-one, which is something that not many of our defenders managed to do throughout the game, actually. Um, <laughs> but I just have total confidence in everything that Emmy does. I thought he was outstanding today. Um, and look, I thought Villa gave a really good account of ourselves today. And look, Man United are, are a top, top team. And, and, and those, you know, that calibre of side isn't the side that we need to be taking points off this season we've done that on many occasions we've taken them off Leicester off Chelsea off Liverpool off Arsenal to let Man United slip through our fingers by such fine margins is is no great you know great issue for Villa um, absolutely it, it, it makes me confident going up into the games ahead and uh, look but that that quality that, that we that we talked about mate before I throw it back to you is what ultimately gave Man United the first goal um, you know before we we get into Ming's uh, the play from Pogba and Rashford is just immense. It, it really is. And um, the, the eventual goal is unfortunate. But the first thing that struck me, mate, wasn't what happened to Tyrone, was that it's a very similar goal to the one that we conceded at Stamford Bridge. It was, yeah. And obviously it was on the opposite wing, but that kind of ball into the box. And uh, I think that the stats show that Villa only conceded three goals away from home before today. Mm. Uh, all headed goals, which doesn't read very well. Uh, of course, for that as well. But I, I think the the most surprising thing that came out of it was Wan Bissaka was able to dig out a cross. Uh, he, a fantastic defender, fantastic at blocking. Uh, he's up there in terms of interceptions and blocks as, as one of the best in the league and and, and Europe as well. So uh, to to afford him that kind of space for a straight in. But if you're looking at, I mean, at the initial angle, it looks almost as if Mings had somehow headed the ball onto onto Martial's chest and it had gone in. Of course, that wasn't how uh, things transpired. But the thing is, regardless of of whether Mings should have done better, he's damned if he does and he damned, he's damned if he doesn't. Because if he doesn't go for that, Dan, Martial has an uncontested cross and, you know, arguably still scores. He's gone for it. He's, he's a matter of millimetres away from connecting with the ball. And there's nothing that Esri can do. There's nothing that Emmy can do. Mings has done his job in the sense that he has gone to head the ball away. He has gone to make the clearance. And he's just been so unfortunate that he was so, so close. But of course, that doesn't matter. The, the ball ended up in the back of the net. 
Emmy probably expects Mings to get the ball uh, as well. And of course, there's nothing that Esri can do. It's not like he can just step across uh, Martial to, to kind of evade the danger. So it, it, you, you, as I say, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation for Ty. And uh, with the nature of how he's walked straight back into the side after the amazing perform- performances from Courtney Hawes and how he's been lambasted by the fans on social media, he's 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 been, you know, he's he's... He can't win. It's so frustrating. And, you know, as I tweeted earlier, actually being fortunate enough to be at the games and to be able to to hear everything that goes on. And, and I mean everything. Mings doesn't stop talking. He's talking to everyone. He's shouting orders. He organises the defence. He galvanises that back four. Of course, Emmy's a big, you know, has a big hand in that as well. But, you know, Mings is, Mings is, I think every football team has a captain but then there's always someone who is equally as vocal, if not more vocal, on the side. Everyone knows who plays football. Grealish has the armband because he's Villa blue uh, through and through. You cut him in half, he bleeds claret and blue. And I think Villa actually got themselves in a situation where they couldn't actually take the captaincy off Grealish. There are there's, it's a debate for another day whether Jack Grealish is, is captain material. Tyrone is undoubtedly a leader, and he, as I say, he galvanizes the team in so many aspects. And you know, you can forgive people for not being able to to see that side of the game because you don't even necessarily see that even when you're at a packed out Villa Park, Dan. It's when you go to your QPRs, your, your Loftus Roads, your, your, your Griffin Parks, and you're right on top of the players and you can actually hear every single word the players are saying and, and how they communicate. So in in some sense, I can, I can almost uh, forgive fans for not seeing that side of it. But everybody should know Ty has these leadership qualities, which makes it so much more frustrating when we're the first to jump down his throat as well. Um, and on a non-Villa, well, I say non-Villa, it's, it's Tyrone Mings related. Uh, he was on Jake Humphrey's High Performance Podcast and I've only seen clips. I've been meaning to watch it. I've been incredibly busy. But, uh, you know, you just got to see with interviews from, from Ty, things that we've already seen through the club, uh, any other external ones. I'm sure plenty of you guys who are listening to this podcast have seen bits of this high performance podcast interview with Mings. He's got an elite mentality. You guys know that. And and that's the one thing that actually, um, I think just kind of gives me a bit of hope in that he knows that his levels have, have got to improve, uh, you know, to a certain degree. And I know he'll be able to block out the noise. It's just frustrating to see that kind of noise, Dan, to be honest, mate. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like the, the disrespect. I yeah. know. You know, this is a man who we were all willing to cut off a limb when it was looking like we weren't going to sign him when he came from the championship, when that yeah. transfer was going right down to the wire. The days were going by, we hadn't signed Tyrone. The fanfare when he signed was unbelievable. The fact of the matter is, is that it wasn't Jack Grealish was the, that was the first England caller part of this Villa squad. It was Tyrone Mings. He, you know, he is a player who has got this club to the point that where it is today. And yes, he's got a mistake in him. I'm not going to double, you know, contradict what I've said in the past. Yes, Tyrone Mings has a mistake in him. He absolutely does. But when you are the kind of player that he does, that comes by the by. You know, he's a player that is always looking to try things. He's far more confident. He's far more outgoing in his defensive abilities and in his attacking. You know, I love the way he charges down the left sometimes and you can see all those days in left back coming back to help him out as he does that. 
And but you have to talk about the role that he offers off it, mate, or the philanthropy that he, you know he gets into and what he offers and how he stood up for Anwar the other week, which is what surprised me most, given how many Villa Villa fans and Villa players too stood up for what he tweeted about Anwar, saying that you know let the let your apology be as loud as the disrespect. But then Villa fans to go and deal him the same amount of disrespect is crazy, mate. And as I said at the top, I'm not convinced it's an error. I didn't when I watched it. I, again, yeah, the first thing it says, yeah, Tyrone could have done better there, but it's not a howler. It's not one where, you know, it wasn't talked about in the halftime analysis and oh, of course. people seem to gloss over it and it's it's not a fully blown error. Um, but look, no, it, it is what it is, mate. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't have any beef with conceding a goal to Man United with when they have the attacking prowess that they do. Um, and yeah, I, I was disappointed to see the reception that, that Tyrone got, to be honest with you, mate. But I mean, Dan, obviously with... Uh, Villa responded in the second half and we looked so much better in that kind of opening 25 minutes of the second half. Arguably where we played our best football, very smart play for the goal in with the quick free kick. Obviously, McGinn could see that Wan-Bissaka wasn't marking Grealish. Uh, a beautiful cross that Douglas Louise dummies. Bertrand's first touch, beautiful. And I just, for the guy who's tweet that you've got bookmarked, Dan, I feel sorry for him because every single time Bertie scores, you know that's getting quoted. I'm on the um, <laughs> who's, who's, What did he even say? I want, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm quoting it correctly, Dan. Uh, the, the tweet said he's he's terrible or he, he's... he's um, excuse, I'm sorry if, uh, you know, I'm trying to be very pissy on here, but he said he was shite. Um He's then also replied to say that uh, if we're ever on holiday, he'll take over our role as admin for Heart of the Holt because he hasn't got the same qualifications, but he's got more football knowledge. Wow. I didn't so see that. that. He's just replied, I didn't even give that, but I mean, I, I was tempted to reply to that, that first-class honours degree in multimedia sports journalism up there. Hey, so, my guy. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> my guy, we had to flex it somewhere. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it was... Uh, no, look, I mean, yeah, let's get back onto the positives, mate. Absolutely. And um, yeah, we I thought we worked our way back into the game really well. Yeah, and it, it was a brilliant first touch. It was a brilliant goal from Bertie. We created so many chances. And again, Dan, we're speaking about it again. Villa creating chances from crosses. It's always going to be difficult against the back two of Eric Bailly, and Harry Maguire to, to get the better of them aerially. So uh, there can't be too much grievance with that. Again, uh, to to do the the annual uh, mention of XG on the pod, Dan, the XG reads exactly how the game panned out. Again, it, there's there's no surprises. A 2.48 XG for Manchester United and a 1.97 for Aston Villa. So, you know, we got our goal. Obviously, it was great. My fantasy draft for Dan Horton's uh, Sports Weekly podcast has <laughs> doing bits because I had, believe it or not, I have four Villa players in that. I have Bertie, I have Emmy, I have Concert, I have Jack. So, uh, five points for Jack, nice. seven points for for Bertie. I think only two for Emmy. Which they should really, they should really reevaluate how they do points for goalkeepers because Emmy made sure. so many world class saves, as did David de Gea, but. Emmy uh, keeping Bruno Fernandes out with his with his arm when he's already you know h- halfway through his dive, absolutely phenomenal. But Dan, I know you're fed up of talking about it. I know you are. I've seen your tweet, and I try not to bring it up. Let's get it done. Guests, but let's get it done. Dan, Paul Pogba, my guy, hits Douglas Louise in the face inside the penalty area. Which we have to preface this: Douglas initiates contact. He puts his arm across. Paul Pogba. 
Paul Pogba then goes and hits Douglas in the face and he trips over his own legs and Manchester United win a penalty. I, I alluded to earlier how the die are always loaded at Old Trafford. It is an absolute joke, Dan. Now, you can say what you want about not being interested in VAR. That ain't a penalty. And how VAR has not told the referee to go over and look at the monitor himself is an absolute farce. Mate, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I um, when it initially happened, I saw... Because you're aware as soon as you see that it's light, it was a light decision. And I sort of made the tweet whereby, and my honest reaction, Dan, and this is such a terrible way, but it is the way that I look at Man United getting penalties, is that Douglas, just don't initiate contact. Just don't yeah, go over there. No, I get that was, it, yeah. That was my first response. But then you see it back. And, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of almost corrected myself on Twitter and went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we've been really hard done by there. And I, to be honest with you, mate, I'm not really... The, like, VAR is a topic that I'll, I'll happily talk about. But, like, it's more for you guys listening that I... Like, because, like, you know, you come on here to talk about the Villa. Like, you know, there, there are so many... Literally every single footballing platform that you listen to in 2020, this like, this season. It's just so VAR and, like... I. I I don't want to be that guy that, that yeah. comes on and gives you the same. I don't like doing it. But yeah, no, they, they do need to do better with that, Dan, because Pogba does hit the back of his own leg. And and yeah, as I was saying, my initial response is that Douglas, like, just don't keep your arms to yourself. And I, I honestly, I feel like if Douglas had done that, then, you know, then maybe VAR does have a look it up. But I feel like because there is that minimal, minimal contact from Douglas that maybe, but it's no slight against Douglas, man. It's a contact sport. No, of course. You're allowed to use your arms in football. Like you can go and do that. It is really upsetting. And that's what, that's what frustrated me, mate, is that, you know, um, Bruno is just clinical from the penalty spot. I suppose that, that does deserve some level of praise, but no, it's just annoying that when those games are settled in such fine margins, as they have been for Villa on, on many occasions this season, you know, games have been won and lost in, yeah. in very, very acute circumstances that they do seem to fall against us. And, you yeah. know, even there's been so many issues, you know, you go back to, to the Brighton game with Trez or the VAR calls against Oli. Uh, it, it just goes on and on and, and you can't help but feel hard done by it. But I always do prefer to look at the football inside of things, mate. I think, you know, you, you can, it's, it's a, all the things that are objective rather than subjective. But no, we, we were hard done by there, mate. And um, I don't even think, you know, I've seen Paul Pogba, caught people calling Paul Pogba a diver. I don't even think he's dived. I think he's just fallen over his own feet. Yeah, no, he has. And uh, again, no slander on Paul Pogba. Fantastic player. Some of the passes that that man picks out is absolutely outrageous but Dan I think uh, overall it may it may come across for you guys listening or watching uh, as we've had a bit of a moan I can't complain about Villa's performance at all Dan it was a full-blooded performance they gave it everything they could for the 90 minutes there's positives to come out of it obviously with with Bertrand getting another goal JJ came on Keenan Davis came on almost managed to level things up right at the death as well which would have uh sent me into overdrive to be frank Dan <laughs> uh, you know standing Keenan as much as I do but there, there are so many positives and look as I say I don't want to I don't want to write off any game because you just have to look at the table, Dan. We're still sat in sixth. We have a game in hand over Everton. Uh, and we have a superior goal difference to, to them and Leicester, who sit in third. Uh, of course, games still have to be played. Our next league game is, of course, against Tottenham, which is in two weeks' time. Um, 
which is massive because we're tied on points with them. Again, we have the superior goal difference. Uh, I think, again, just, just to kind of bring it round to a point that was made on the last podcast, we just got to chill, Dan. We've got to enjoy the ride. We've got to take these games as they come in because, listen, there's a lot, there's a lot that is you know, horrible in the world right now. The fact that Aston Villa are doing so well, we should just enjoy it. We should take it in. We don't know how Absolutely. long it's going to last. Absolutely. We don't. We don't need this hyperbolic uh, reactions to to Ming's playing to to these decisions. We really just need to let that go. Uh, that sure. we're we are witnessing greatness. We really are. Now we could finish this season genuinely sixteenth, and I would still say this is arguably one of the best seasons in most recent years. We just have to, there, there just has to be some form of perspective. The whole of the timeline before this was saying how we were going to do them over and everyone was annoyed at the arrogance from Gary Neville and saying, how, you know, we, we're going to show you what we're all about. And you know what? We did. We didn't win the game, but I just, and this is, I'm not, I'm not taking shots at anybody in particular. I just think that Villa fans, we've got to calm down. We've got to enjoy this as it's happening. We have an FA Cup third round tie next week on Friday, which, you know, it would be great if we could go on deep into the into the cup again. You've just got to look frustrating. We lost to Stoke, but Stoke made it to the quarters. That could have been us. Mm-hmm. Um, but listen, there's there's so much to, to, to take from this that we can genuinely be uh, prouder from this performance. And we've got two really big games. It's a really big month, January, with all the games that we do have coming up. As Obviously, as we've just alluded to, Liverpool in the Cup and Tottenham at home are up next. Players could be signing. They might not be. Uh, there's no need to get into a mass hysteria if Ross doesn't feature against Liverpool because it is only an FA Cup game, guys. Um, I'd rather him be fresh and 100% ready for Tottenham. So let's just... Uh, absolutely relax on that. And and Dan, to be fair, I mean, we have a week until the Liverpool game. I don't see much value in us actually going into this at the moment because it's it's an FA Cup game. We, I don't think we can read too much into into what kind of teams there, there may be. So Dan and I may be back with a preview podcast, maybe with a special guest uh, sometime next week. But for now, I think it's just best that we end it here, Dan, on, on just how well Villa performed today because, you know, we lost, but I couldn't be more proud of the boys, to be honest, Dan. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And and look, the one thing that, that gets me is that... So I sat there on Boxing Day after we'd beaten Crystal Palace 3-0, got up the fixtures on my phone, and it read Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, Spurs, Everton, and then now the rescheduled game against Man City. And I just felt excited. Last yeah. season, mate, I would have been mysteriously ill for a month. I wouldn't have done the podcast. You would have not heard from me. I would have gone AWOL. I wouldn't want to watch those games. I wouldn't want to talk about those games because they would have been embarrassing. This season, I look at them, I'm like, Villa can pit themselves up against the the very best there. And look, if we go and lose all of those games in the same circumstances that that we've lost today, I wouldn't feel too aggrieved because uh, for me, mate, I watch these games and this is like, you know, in my lifetime, in your lifetime too, Dan, We've only real have really had the O'Neill era where it was teams where Villa could go into these games. You're just excited to watch them. It's been 10 years of absolute dross. And we're finally at this stage where I, I enjoy watching Villa play. And most importantly, I enjoy watching Villa play against the top teams. 
this run of games is going to be very tough, but it will be a great metric to find out where Villa are by the end of the month. We're going to have a real clue as to where we're going to finish because, you know, at this point in the season, we're sat sixth, as you said, and it's kind of, are we going to carry on? Is this a genuine European challenge or are we going to fade away? We'll have our answer by the end yeah. of this month. And, and that's what's exciting, mate. And, and whatever it is, as, as you said, the important, the improvement from last season is, has been immeasurable. And just going toe-to-toe with these teams, regardless of result, is is enough of a thrill for me. Absolutely. And I think, you know, probably one of the most depressing podcasts we've recorded last season, which wasn't that even that long ago, Dan, was the 3-0 loss to Manchester United at Villa Park. How far we've truly come since then. Mm-hmm is remarkable so all i can say listen with with the lockdowns with the tears with how you know with 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 the real tears as well uh just with how just with everything that's going on in the world right now guys just let's just have a bit of perspective let's just really uh just drink this in because this is a season i'm going to be telling the grandkids about i think dan you know regardless of where we finish aston villa are back, that back in fashion and uh, just a, a performance, as I've said so many times and I've laboured this point so much, but really a performance to be proud of tonight from Aston Villa. So if you guys did enjoy this podcast, let us know in the comments below. I don't anticipate many people to actually have watched this because that's just the trend when, when Villa lose. Uh, so let us know if you've made it all the way through. Let us know who your man of the match would be as well. That's not even something we've mentioned, but we'll leave that to you guys. Let us know in the comments below and subscribe for more content. There may be uh, a Liverpool preview for the Cup, but there'll definitely be a post-match Liverpool podcast that that will be uh, in your subscription boxes. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you press the bell to get notified whenever we upload. There will be a Transfer Rumour Mill episode out within the next few days. It's January. Things are ramping up. There will be videos. Excited. So, I mean, that's something to get gassed about. Absolutely. So, as I say, if you guys enjoyed, hit the like button, comment your thoughts below on a man of the match and subscribe for more. Up the villa.